We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. And we are recording. Welcome, everybody. Very glad to have your company here. This is a very special show that I've been looking very forward to for quite some time. It's taken a little bit of setting up with uh, three different time zones on our globe or our plane, whatever you want to call it. And um, very happy to welcome, well, firstly, my very good friend, Ashley. Uh, thank you for being here to share this with me, Ashley, my, my co-unknown. How are you going? Hey, I'm very well. I'm thrilled to be here uh, for this conversation with Heidi, and um, I'm very happy to be here with you, Stella. So thank you so much. Yes, and our very special guest is Heidi Love today. Thank you so much, Heidi. I really, really have been looking forward to this. How are you going? Good. Thank you so much for having me on, and I've been excited to come and talk with you guys, and I'm, I'm excited that you invited me. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, definitely excited. Um, I've been, well, actually, Heidi and I have done one show together in the past. That was with uh, You're Missing the Point, our friend Drew, and uh, that was a Christian Conspiracy Coalition. Uh, but we didn't really get to talk too much one-on-one, -on -one, which, and I just have delved into the Heidi Love Road quite deeply and listened to lots of things and just gone, wow, this lady is so aligned with my thinking. We have to get her on. So, um, yeah, really, really glad to finally get you. Thank you for your time. And I Absolutely. can attest that, yes, Stella has been very excited about this episode <laughs> and really looking forward to it. And me too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, look, there's just so much that um, we could talk about, but I guess we'll sort of have to keep it a little bit under control here. Now, First, let's talk about who Heidi Love is, because you're an extremely interesting lady with an extremely interesting history, and uh, you have such a huge knowledge about so many different topics. So what's the, what's the little Heidi Love nutshell story? If the nutshell, <laughs> yes, of the Unfiltered Rise podcast that I never meant to be on. <laughs> so I... I started a podcast on accident. I love podcasts. I love to research. I'm a, a delve into things person. And um, I had done that and ended up on Josh Monday's show on accident. He's like, come on, just tell the story that you told me. And I was like, no way. And he said, please just, you're, you're there. And I don't know. Cause I had said, do this story. And he said, you do this story. I, I'm not a Mormon. <laughs> I said, neither am I anymore, but <laughs> he just was like, come on, you'll do it better. And I mean, I get it because he doesn't know the culture and I'm here in Utah still. So um, I went on with my phone and my son's little puzzle light and thought it was going to be a one and done. And four times later, he was like, maybe you ought to just start a show. <laughs> <laughs> You've obviously got a lot to say. Yes. Yep. Uh, I do Mormons because I'm an ex-Mormon. I was a Mormon for 34 years. Um, I went through and did the whole thing, endowments and uh, top 
stuff that you do when you get all the way up in the doctrines. And uh, I also got led into John D, which was a really weird road, but it, it makes sense once I explain it, but it goes right along with the Mormon religion. And, um, and then it led me a bunch of other places. So I, I definitely have multiple things I talk about. Nephilim, Cabbage Babies, Old World, Tartaria, lots of fun things. <laughs> Whoa. This is yeah. right yes. up my alley. Yes. <laughs> oh, I knew it would be. <laughs> you said it. Yeah, you did. My yes, brain just yep. goes everywhere. <laughs> oh, and you've got such a yeah. such a deep knowledge about these things too. I mean, it's 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 quite extraordinary to listen to the details of stuff off. I have never heard of John D until I came across you, Heidi. And um, so we'll ask a, a little bit about him later. Sorry, Ashley, yes. did you want to say something? Yes, I was going to say, I actually, um, I am having a flashback because I was listening to y'all's episode, your roundtable episode, while I was doing some dreaded Christmas shopping. And I was in <laughs> Hobby Lobby, actually. <laughs> and that's when she started talking about the Cabbage Babies and like the the child trafficking and the um, all of that stuff. So I had kind of forgotten about that, but it just brought up flashbacks. That's very weird how that happens. But you just took me back to Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's she, she said dreaded, so I don't know that it's a good memory because <laughs> no, she was the, uh, Hobby the, Lobby shopping. <laughs> the podcast was good. Shopping at Hobby Lobby <laughs> in the holiday season, not oh good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I can pain, relate. Yeah, because I was listening to the podcast. It made it much better, though. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad something was good, right? <laughs> that that time of year, you get mobbed. You know, I get it. Can I ask Heidi? Were you born into the Mormon faith, or how did how did you get into it into into the at the very beginning? How did that happen? Sure. Yes, I have quite a strange family dynamic. So I was born into the Mormon religion, but. There's a big, but my mom wasn't really active. She's what you call a Jack Mormon. And they're the people that go maybe like twice a year, kind of like the Catholics at Easter Christmas thing. Yep. Um, and I grew up that way, but my neighbors were really active. And I think my mom was like, oh, it's good. She goes with them because my mom did grow up in the church and it was important to her. So I got baptized, all the things at eight years old, all the normal time frames, and, uh, I I went with my neighbors often. I I liked it. It was okay. When you're a kid, it's great. Like, I mean, you mm. sing songs and, you know, you do all the kids stuff and they were nice. And my home life was not great. So um, anytime I could go, I'm down to go because my stepdad was a jerk and was abusive. And so I would go often with them and it was fun. And, and so I grew up that way until I was about 12 and this is when my real indoctrination became like extra because I ended up with my grandma and she was extremely religious um, with the Mormon church. And so it was a weird dichotomy. My grandpa was, I always say my grandma was like a missionary and my grandpa was on mission impossible. <laughs> he was, <laughs> he was something. And he was my favorite person ever. Just so you guys know, like he, even though he was crazy and wild and this biker and this crazy person, he was such a loving person to me. Was he that way with everyone? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, right. so, Did you find that the, was the Mormon faith a, sort of a loving family? You know, was it a warm kind of faith? So I think I, when you, yeah, I think when you're growing up, as long as you do everything they want you to do, especially with my grandma, then yes, because my grandma right. made me very much feel like, you know, you're temporary here 
and you should do what you're told. And I mean, it was true. I was the ward of the court and um, could have very well been given away. My real dad was in prison um, and my mom was incapable after uh, multiple mental breakdowns to take care of me at that point. So, um, you know, she made it very well known. You better walk the line. And I did. Mm -hmm. But at that time, did I think that was love? For sure. Like, right. yeah. She, you know, she doted on me. She was very mm -hmm. narcissistic that way. I won't say she was a full narcissist. Um, but, you know, as long as you were good to Caesar, Caesar was good to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So as long as you don't <laughs> yeah. the line, then always, always will. Yes. Yes. And so it was hard um, because they were very strict and like no date. You know, I, I don't know if I've ever brought this up, but you can't date until you're 16. You can't um, do a lot of things when you're growing up Mormon. <clears throat> you can go to like their little activities they have. So those are kind of like, oh, I might like somebody, but you can't really date until later. And 16 for me was really old because I'm a summer birthday. And so I was like in 11th grade. So she did give in a little there, but, um, and let me date with, with a chaperone at 15, but yeah, yeah I was married by 17. So wow. it wasn't too much longer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's what Mormons so that's, do. That's the norm. Okay. That's the norm to be married very young. Um, I would say more out of high school. My grandparents were extremely young. My grandparents were 14 and 16 and my grandma had four kids before she was 19. And oh, so that was, wow. yeah, that was her big thing was like, you will finish high school. You will. And I'm not saying but all the things she wanted me to do were good. Um, she really inspired me to like, want to go to college still and not give up. Even though I got married, I wasn't pregnant. I just was in love and you can't have sex if you're not married. So right. <laughs> you get married. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband was 25. Mm. Yeah. So that well, was weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, a it was... situation. Yeah. 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 And, and, but I guess that that is sort of the common practice. It probably didn't seem that odd. Uh, is that fair? I to mean, say? yeah, he was not from Utah. He was um, in the military. We have a large military base close by. And I think what happened basically was my grandparents were like, um, you guys have been making out and doing stuff like, yeah, we're going to report you. You're a man. You're like a grown up. And if you guys aren't getting married, then this is really bad. And so we had talked about getting married in the future. And then that future got moved up to in like 10 days from now, get married and we'll pay for it and hurry up. And so we did. Um, and it lasted long enough. He was Catholic. He was from Iowa and he was Roman Catholic. I'm sure his mom still doesn't forgive me. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask uh, if he ended up, um, if he ended up yep. uh, converting. He definitely did. Within a year, we were sealed in the temple for time and all eternity and uh, had our baby born under the covenant because we had gotten pregnant later after we'd been married for like a year and something because it takes a full year. Once you convert, you can't just go through the temple. You have to wait a year. Cause they have to make sure you're devoted and doing all the things you're supposed to do. And yeah, all that. Gotcha. Ta time proven <laughs> devotion. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's and money. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
So I guess you don't really know any different though, of course, because that's all you know at the time. So were you aware at the time how restricted you you were? I think that I just thought um, it was really normal. I mean, I ended up being a mom. So within the year we got married before we got pregnant, his daughter ended up living with us. So I was all of a sudden a mom to this little six-year-old girl. And so that was the biggest throne piece that was a little hard. Not that I didn't want to be. I just didn't know that I knew how. Um, mm, I thought right. it was cute and everything, but like I wasn't <laughs> 17. I wasn't 17, 18 yeah, at that stage. Yeah, it was 18 and she was six. So I'd have been 12, like <laughs> if I'd been her real yeah. mom, but her mom, her mom had a stroke. And so, um, she ended up with us and, and it was good. I raised her till she was 14 and I, I was really happy that I had that time with her. She's a wonderful person and, um, I, I don't get to see her now, but uh, for that 10 years we were together and, and my husband then, like, all I knew was, you know, you have to do this to go to heaven. Like, this is a requirement. And, yeah. and if you want, you know, to make your family happy and go to heaven and do all this, then you have to do, you know, it's like a checklist. It's like do, 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 do all the way down. So you do, and you're roped in it. <laughs> Yeah, there's not really much of an escape, is there? It's sort of, there's a lot of parallels to me with, um, you know, Scientology kind of ideology yes. or, or for, you know, just the way it operates. And I'll probably yes. a few more. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's definitely like uh, if you are going to leave or if you, if I was an apostate, then it would have been far worse. But, um, mm -hmm. they made it very well known. I mean, I lost all my family except my mom who had already been out for years when I left the church. And so to this day, I haven't spoken to any of my aunts or uncles or grandparents or <clears throat> any of them. So, mm -hmm. wow. yep. And not all church members do that. I mean, there's exceptions to every rule, but I, you know, it, they make it hard. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So very much this shaming and shunning uh, type factor. Yeah, because they considered you as an apostate of the church. There's only two people that go to outer darkness, which is worse than hell. It's like um, the void. It's like uh, absolute nothingness. And wow. you're not in the presence of the Lord. And that's murderers and apostates. <clears throat> so. So just enough to be really scared of. <laughs> you you definitely don't want to, you know, go there when you're growing up. You just think, well, this is what you do. And and I really was pretty happy in the church when I was growing up until I went to the temple. When I went to the temple, th that was when things majorly took a, a left-hand turn for me. Because I was like, what are we doing? Like, why? I mean, they don't tell you, not even your grandparents will tell you, like, they'll say, oh, it's secret or sacred, not secret. And they won't tell you any of the things you're about to do until you're like in there doing them. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. if you're like, they do ask you like, oh, if anybody would like to leave now, please raise your hand. Like, you're going to do that with your whole family there for sure. Yeah. Gosh, like, <laughs> You're once just got, sitting there like, got what? You caged and cornered. Yeah, right. yeah, you're not going to do that. And I mean, I've never seen anyone do that as many sessions as I've gone through or as much as I've gone. I've never seen anybody stand up and go, yeah, I think I'll, I'll go now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so never mind. It was, 
<laughs> it was that very day that things started changing for, for you. And was that because just something about the ceremony and the setting, just something about it did not sit well with you? The ceremonies and the settings were so abnormal that afterward, even in the middle of it, I remember hitting my grandma and saying, what are we doing? Like, what, what is going on? And she's like, don't worry, you'll get used to it. And I'm like, okay, but this, you have to understand since you're a little tiny kid, you get up and you do like, they have fast and testimony meeting on the first Sunday of every month people get up in the middle of sacrament and say, I'd like to bear my testimony. And I know this church is true and I'm thankful for my parents and whatever else you want to say. And so you get up there as a little tiny kid and your mom whispers in your ear and you say the words and you feel so special and you're so happy about it. And then you go through primary learning. They have songs about the temple. They have, um, handkerchiefs when you get like 12 this is pure white you want to keep it pure white so that just like you, you don't want to taint your body and you know do anything that would make you unwholesome so you should you know take this with you on the day you get sealed in the temple and don't date anyone that's not already a mormon because they won't ever change and all this mm -hmm. stuff so you're you're just indoctrinated so really you think this these buildings are beautiful these buildings are uh, like something else. And so you really feel like you're going to be Cinderella's castle. Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. You're, you're yep. completely like, oh, this is, I'm going to be married for time and all eternity. And my kids will be with me for time and all. None of this is biblical. Like, I don't even know mm -hmm. where they got right. this from. Well, right. I have an idea, but <laughs> um, they... You know, they do these things and, and you just are so indoctrinated that you're, you're excited. You're most people go through on their wedding day. I didn't go through on my wedding day because my husband was a convert. So I had to go through a year later, but most people, all this is happening at the moment they're getting married. Like I can't mm -hmm. even imagine having that on top of everything else. Like it would be, and then you take off your beautiful wedding dress and you go put on their crazy temple clothes and you wear that. That's what you get married in. And then you just take pictures okay. outside. There's there's no um, coming down the aisle, your family. Only the people that can go are the only people that that can be there. Like, like if they're Mormon and they're doing everything they should, they mm -hmm. can go. But like if somebody's mom isn't Mormon, they can't go. They, they can't. Wow. And so... They do this and they have like a waiting room and the people can just wait there for you. But it's it's not the same as a real wedding. And a lot of times nowadays they'll do a fake uh, wedding on top of mm -hmm. it. Like a, right. You know, because it used to just be a reception. But then girls were like, I never got to walk down the aisle and I'm sad. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, you know, I get that. Right, so that so. it's something that they sort of allow now. Have they softened a little bit to um No. No, they oh, don't. Just it's just uh, to do on later. the side. Yep. Right, gotcha. On the side, they just pay for it to have a separate mm -hmm. thing after the fact. And so, um, and, you know, a lot of people do it now, but back when I went through it, it was more like, okay, you get your reception now and here you go. But it's just, it, it was, it was like supposed to be really special. And the first thing that happens when you get there is they're like, well, not now. All of this has changed. I went through in 1996 and 
you know, they would have you put this poncho on and you're naked. And then it's like slid up the sides, like a real poncho, like a Mexican poncho. Mm -hmm. And um, you sit on a bench and then this lady comes in and does a blessing over your sinews and they don't touch you sexually. They just go through the side of the poncho thing and touch like your chest area, like where your collarbone is, like nowhere Mm. sexual. Um, But it's not comfortable for sure. Not like above your belly button. Yeah. You're, you're (laughs) naked. I was nine months pregnant or eight months. I was really pregnant. So it was, it was interesting because that little thing didn't cover nothing. My great grandma was looking at me and she said, at least you don't have to get naked and get scrubbed down in a bathtub because that's what we used to have to do. <laughs> oh, goody gumdrops. Wow. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like about as much uh, dignity as a hospital gown. Yep. And yeah, that's it exactly was what I was weird. thinking of. Doctor's office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. she was like, um, at least you have this. And they come in and they do this the blessing side. and yeah, I'm thinking, why is this lady doing this blessing? Because she doesn't have the priesthood and she shouldn't be in here. And I asked my grandma, oh, it's just different in the temple. And you've learned your whole life. Like, no, women can't do blessings. So yeah, right. like my whole time, I'm like worried this lady's doing a blessing. Like it's not going to be good, you know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like that indoctrinated <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Well, um, the contradictions aren't necessarily making sense, right? Like you're starting to pick up. No. On- yeah, for sure. I'm like confused at this point. Like, what is happening? I literally asked her, like, where's the guy? And she's like, mm. Well, you're in a state of undress. And I'm like, Well, you're not a guy. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is <laughs> I, I was wow. like, um, I don't know what you're doing in here. And then you get your new underwear and you can put those on, and then you get dressed in your temple clothes, which is like a white dress, a one-sided robe, um, like the OTO members wear white one-sided robe, and then a green um temple apron and little slippers and like white nylons and a veil for your hair. But now they've changed some rules on the veil, but I think they still wear it. I just think they don't cover their face anymore at a certain part. Cause then you go in, your husband's going in on his side and you're going in on your side. And this is to take out your endowments. This isn't the wedding part. Um, and so this is how you get to heaven basically. Uh, and so (laughs) you got to remember all this stuff and then they do this Adam and Eve story. (laughs) Yeah. You're traumatized because you were just naked five minutes. You're like, (laughs) what is happening? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like they strip you to keep you in a constant sort of state of humiliation. Um, it's probably where you're sort of at your weakest, I guess. It's like you're more concerned. You're about definitely this. confused for mm, sure. Very vulnerable. Like, very vulnerable. You don't know what to expect too. You're like, what's going to happen? <laughs> right. Because it's your first time in, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. so we went in, all the women are on one side, all the men are on the other. You, you get your new name. Um, I thought that was really special. When you go to the temple, you get a new name. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is my special name from God. And then I told my grandma, I was like, hey, what happens if I forget? And she's like, don't worry. Uh, Everybody that went through on this day, they'll just look up the date. And then every person that went through today is Mary. (laughs) I was like, of course. Oh, (laughs) right. Mary version one, Mary version two. Whatever. Yeah. And so whatever name it is, it could be Ruth or whatever. Mary day today. It's a normal. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. So then you give the name 
to your husband at a later time and, and we'll get there. But so you're standing and you sit and you listen to this creation story about Adam and Eve and, and going into the garden and all this stuff in the fall. And like, the only difference is, is uh, Mormons believe that the, there's not a Trinity. They believe in like the three separate entities. So like the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And like they call it the Holy Ghost, actually, most of the time. Mm -hmm. And then God the Father and Jesus is the Son, but they're three separate people and never become one. Oh, okay. And so, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And they believe that Lucifer is their brother, our brother, that he's our fallen brother, <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Our brother. And That's so, very blatant. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're getting into the guts here. That's what I sort of wanted to head. Um, mm. Where, how, when you were talking about the special clothing, Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, the, there's an apron, et cetera. Now, obviously that brings the Freemasons to mind. How's, how's the, um, relationship with the Freemasonry versus Mormonism? Oh, I guess for sure. I can show you guys some pictures if, if you can see, let's see, I can, uh, show you these and it will be better maybe. So you can actually see, you know, see what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that was exactly where, what I wanted to hear as well. Like, what were your thoughts on that? Because I heard that there is some overlap and there's a heavy influence, uh, heavy Masonic influence in Def Mormon community. Definitely. It is um, definitely Masonic. Let me pull this up. And oh, cool. you can do that. Good. <laughs> yes. I was just looking for the, right. the right knob. <laughs> Let's see. We'll skip this part. We'll come back. Okay. So we're into the temple ceremony part and we'll come back. Ugh. We'll go backwards. We'll go back. The whole symbology thing. I just find it okay. so fascinating. Hmm. So here is the Masonic underwear that we get. There's a compass and a square on the nipples. I literally was so stupid Whoa. and didn't know. And they don't tell you this. And wow, <laughs> I wow, thought they wow. were darts, you know, like sewing darts. <laughs> That's what they look like. How would you know? I did not know. And I feel like an idiot because I wore them forever. And I was like, what? When I got out, I was like, Re really? Wow. I didn't even know what I that was doing. That would be amazing the... to, to learn that. Uh... I can just imagine how much that must have. Oh, I, I was <laughs> shook. I w and this... then I felt dumb. And then like at the same time, dumb and taken advantage of. Like it was just yeah. Uh, yucky. Is this, so and is this then... what you refer to as the magical underpants? Magical underpants. Yes. So these <laughs> okay. ones on the side here that are um the two piece this is the new new and improved version okay so women women can have a neck that looks like a sweetheart neckline um right. but because these are men ones um but they cannot be like a v-neck or anything you're you, you now wear bloomers for the rest of your entire life like wow. you they're super sexy and they don't fit well <laughs> um and they don't have like oh heidi has a big butt but not a big stomach you know no they just have like these certain ones and that's all so you've got your lady business going on you're a young person mm. you cannot wear anything next to your skin first but these so if you do choose to wear underwear wow. over them you must wear a bra over the top of your shirt wow first the garment yes they must be touching wow. your bare skin wow what's and it made so from i Heidi? Um, there's multiple, they have blends. It's cotton or polyester or silky, or they've got like they literally have tons of choices. Lycra now, okay. there's like lycra ones blend. Mm. Um I thought but, that's what I was asking because I thought uh, you know, because it all seems so conservative and fundamental, I just thought, oh, they'd definitely be 
full cotton and Pot, linen. Like full and, linen. Know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, nope. they you've got all those, maybe you know, the, back in the day. Yeah. They probably yeah, were probably. like when they were the long john underwear and the fundamentalists still wear the long john ones. The fundamentalist Mormon church does to the wrist, to the, to the ankle, but the normal uh, mainstream now does the two piece to the knee and there's the sign over the right knee as well. Every knee mm -hmm. shall bow. Um, also mm -hmm. over your umbilicus, the ruler. So two rulers sideways there. Mm -hmm. um, and then <clears throat> do, they, do, they have, do they have little made in China labels inside or, <laughs> you know, actually they, are, there has been a lot of problems with them making um, them in sweatshops. And right. so, but they also have the full patent for these and you can't get them anywhere else, but through the church and you have to have a current recommend and it, they scan it as you go in to buy these. So they're no dummies. Okay. Wow. They're uh, keeping good. close track. Oh yeah, no, everything's. And so these are our temple clothes. See how it has the one-sided robe. It's just really thin. You can't really see it. It drapes across the side, just like OTO. Um, and I didn't even know what the OTO was back then. Like mm. I was the most normal human ever. Well, you, like you, you couldn't have told me. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have had a lot of access to sort of information, <laughs> would you? Heidi, Heidi, sorry to interrupt. Can I just get you to move your mic just a little bit further oh. away from your mouth? It's just yes. a little bit I on the hot side forward. there. I yep, moved lovely. forward when I started doing my little presentation. That's perfect. That. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, so yes, then um, the, the little robe goes over a white dress or a white shirt and white slacks and a white belt for men. You mm -hmm. have to buy these temple clothes, um, not the shirt not the shirt and the pants, but the robe, the apron, the sash, the shoe covers, the head thing, and the envelope that they are all stored in at the church, at the church um, place. And that when I went in 1996, it was like almost $200 um, oh, yeah, right. for this. Mm. So yeah, you have to have them or you like can't, mm. you know, it, it's a whole choice. thing. And then the men wear these silly baker's hats and then... <laughs> The women have the veil. <laughs> they do look a little bit silly, don't they? <laughs> oh my gosh, they're interesting. And then this is an actual temple ceremony that um, there was a guy named New Name uh, Noah, and his name is out now. But he went in with Google glasses and did all this and oh, broke this yes. out. Oh, oh wow! And the church came after him hardcore. But I believe he he fell off the face of the earth after it all came out. And now he does speak out because I think maybe it, they came to some settlement. But they keep trying to take him down now, these um, videos, and they can't because it's like a violation because I can't remember. But they were going back and forth on it forever. Now, some places you can't share it, but YouTube will. And so you can still find <laughs> these out there. Figure. Yep, yeah, right. I know. They won't let anything else on. I don't know. Oh. And there's also, uh, I'm not quite <laughs> sure, can't remember how old they were, but there's a similar thing with um, some of the Freemasonry rituals have been oh, yeah. um, exposed and put online as well. I've been watching a few of those. Which, which is what helped me actually get out because my husband was the one that said to me, before you go back to the church, because I was talking about like, well, maybe we should be good and go back and da, mm -hmm. da, da. and he was like, I I left a long time ago. I have no desire to go back and it's completely a cult. And so you should look into this Mason temple thing. And I was like, okay. So I watched it and I'm like, oh, who would dare put our temple ceremony? He's like, it's not. It's a Mason mm -hmm. ceremony. Mm -hmm. And I right. was like, what? 
And wow. so shook me to my core, definitely, because I had no idea. These aprons are green. They just look really dark in this photo. Um, yep. These are the grips. We'll come back on that. But the mm -hmm. outfits is the main that I wanted to show there just so you guys could see, because I think it's really important. This, this weird thing. Let me zoom. That, like where they have their hands over their head on the corner. This is something that they do. And so if a Mormon ever comes up to you and you're having like this horrible time and they're like, oh, um, Johnny, can I pray for you? Right. They'll say, Johnny, can I put your name on the temple list? Um, you can do what you want, but I want to inform people this is what they're doing. They take the list, they print it off, they put it in this box and who else, who even knows what else is in that box? Um, they shut it, they chant around it, and they put their hands up and down, up and down, up and down three times and say, oh God, hear the words of my mouth. They used to say Pele L, and I've done mm -hmm. a whole bunch of studying on that, and they changed it for a very specific reason because if you like translate it in the Latin and people go back and forth and say it's a bad translation, but it means, oh, false God. Hear the words. Whoa. Whoa. Well, okay. So the church says that's not true. Some scholars say that's not true. There's a big controversy about it. However, <laughs> when they're saying Pele El and they're crying out, this is Adam in the lone and dreary world for help, who shows up but Lucifer? Uh -huh. Lucifer shows up, not God, and says, hey, here's an apron you should cover your nakedness. And then we all rise, like this stops, like there's a movie now, but back in the day, this was a play, okay? Like Lucifer mm -hmm. would come out in a top hat and like a cape and would be like, wah, ha, ha, yeah. Like the whole thing. Wow. Yes, yes. And so he would say, put your apron on. So then they'll say, all patrons, please rise and put your aprons on. Okay, why are we doing what the devil told us to do? I'm just curious yeah. of that. Like, is the what? devil is the devil the the widow's son? He, they don't say that, but I know what okay. you're talking about with Freemasonry. But they yeah. don't say that. Yes, and I think it's very representative. Plus, the first sign at the top of this, where they're slitting their throats, they used to swear an oath to slit their throats or spill their bowels, which they no longer do. But that is a verified New York Patriot. Shout out New York Patriot. He said they do this in the OTO, and, it, and we the Mormons no longer do it after 1980 something because it scared everybody. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think they, the Freemasons uh, still do it, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Masons and the OTO still do it. So, yeah. so what's the difference are, between OTO and Freemasonry? Just if you can sort of. Sure. To a the Freemasons are, um, they come from the Masonic, you know, the Masonic lodges, different yep. Masons. They can have, oh, there's so many of them. There's different rites and different yes. countries and all kinds of fun stuff. But the OTO is Crowley's Ordo Templi Orientis. So this is Crowley, a literal yep. satanic. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I don't know why we're doing the same stuff. Uh, remember, I'm thinking I'm going to heaven here. Right. <laughs> I don't think this is anything to do with weird stuff, you know. Um, mm. But little did I know, then these are not the temple um the temple signs and but symbols signs and symbols tokens but 
they are identical, minus two. We only have three. The one on the bottom, for example, and if you're a master mason, the real grip of a master mason called the lion's paw or the true grip ah, of the lion's mm, paw. Mm, well, okay. in Mormonism, they call it the true sign of the nail, like the yeah. Jesus nail. Mm-hmm. So it's identical. And you have to know these to get past the angels and sentinels that guard the veil to heaven, just so you know. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know them, you can't go to heaven. Like, And so you, you go through this whole um, veil You when you get up there eventually after this whole Lucifer play and all this. You finally get to the curtain, which the holes in the curtain are actually square and compass holes. And they used to have to do some way more weird stuff like cheek to cheek and loin to loin. They don't do that anymore. But right. uh, they they conveniently get like, this is what happens. They're like, ooh, nobody likes this anymore. And then they pray about it. And they're like, okay, JK, we don't have to do that way anymore. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. God right. said, direct revelation yeah. to me. So they've <laughs> yeah. changed, they've changed so well, much stuff. And yeah, for sure. He definitely did. And so it's kind of humorous to me that it's always like, oh, the blacks can't have the priesthood. 1968, really unpopular movement. Better give them the priesthood. Uh-huh. God yeah. said, God said, God said it. it's okay now. Yes. Don't and about one of the things that, and I'm not, um, you know, I, I don't know all that much about it. I've seen some stuff and I read the book Under the Banner of Heaven where John Krakauer mm-hmm. does a deep dive into the fundamentalists and some of the differences. But I always found it very interesting that the founders of free or of uh the of Mormonism, um Joseph Smith and then his predecessor, they both believed in and promoted polygamy. And then uh, yes. the and masonry. You, mm-hmm. Yes. And then the um, like the fundamentalists, most of them, at least in my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong there, that they would be excommunicated if they tried to pursue polygamy. And I was like, how can you how can you? You know, I'm not saying that that these people, whatever, I, I don't know, but I'm just saying it's weird that you would like ostracize them for believing in polygamy when literally the founder of the religion pro- believe, you know, well, was a proponent. And here's the story with that. Let me one quick note. Here's the women's ones. Just see how high waisted they are. Mm. They're ridiculous. Very, um, very sexy. Very, anyway. Victorian. Yeah. And oh, how interesting, for sure. How interesting that you, the oh, that top right <laughs> one. Um, where the mm-hmm. compass is set square, so the the gap is right on the solar plexus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that yep. is that on purpose? Oh, I'm certain. I'm certain. And on top of that, there's rules for these things. They can't. They're supposed to be washed alone, um, like with other garments. They can't be put on the ground ever. You can never take them off. Uh, I mean, you change them like underwear, but mm-hmm. you never take them off unless you're swimming. Um, going to the gym or making more Mormons like that's it. And if you don't have clothes that cover them completely, it's, you cannot wear just anything you like. You can't be showing them. Like if, if your shorts are a little bit too short and your garments poke out the bottom, people will give you the look, the look you're going, Mm -hmm. you're going to get ostracized. Like you're slipping. You can't. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. It it is not a thing. Does it get very hot in Utah? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, at the time I lived in <laughs> Southern Utah, I thought I was going to die. 
my, uh. my stupid thyroid was going out at the same time because I had thyroid cancer, but I didn't know. And, uh, so yeah, it was horrible. I, it, it, it was not, it's very not very uncomfortable sure. along with mm-hmm. very unattractive. And when you're pregnant on top of it is like the worst. So I I got mine when I was pregnant. (laughs) So we're going to rewind a tiny bit. Well, maybe I should finish the really quick talk just about going. So when you go through and we did the handshakes at the curtain, remember, Mm -hmm. um, then at that point, you're going to give your new name to the guy on the other side of the curtain. He's God, you know? So the man goes first, my husband, and he gets his new name, which I can never know. And he only gives it to God. So he gives his to God and I give mine to him, mm-hmm. not to God. He's the covering. He gets to you. know mine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I'm only going to heaven because he has the priesthood and I am covered by mm-hmm. the priesthood. And that was what they used to do is have us veil our faces when they would have the priesthood uh, like example in the temple, but now they don't do it anymore because it got very unpopular. Imagine that. So, yes, they had a revelation. Yes. They have lots of revelations. That, and so, aka yeah. compromise because they don't want to lose anyone. Yes. <laughs> Prophet, seer, yeah. and revelator is what we call the president of our church. So, mm-hmm. he he knows all and sees all. So that's basically, in a nutshell, the endowment session that I described to you there. There's more things in the temple and we can get there, but I just, I didn't want to leave that on a weird cliffhanger. But, um, and then you go to fake heaven, you go in this beautiful room and you just sit there and bask in the glory of thousands of dollars of stuff on the wall. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Super fancy. They could probably feed a country. Like, come on. Uh, can, yeah. can I ask about the, um, the architecture of these places? Um, these places take. yes uh, is there, is there much, sure. like, I, I really want to talk to you about um because i'm very into the like the sacred geometry ideas and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. and i know you are too and um is it is is it the case that these architectures follow that kind of um let me go I- let me go to this um since you asked that question we're going to skip back and forth just because yeah that's oh, fine. let me see if i can just because it fits yeah, so, so well with your question to to about, but uh, this question life. fits perfectly with this picture I have, this book, this is mm, currently mm. being, okay, remodeled and they're taking this down. So there was Whoa. sunstones, moonstones, paganistic, um, cloud stones. There was a straight up pentagram across the street on uh, the church history museum. They are covering this all up because they had to remodel the temple for the hundredth time. By the way, interesting fact on Tartaria, I don't believe that this temple was erected by the Mormons. I pretty much believe that it was already existing. It used to look like Solomon's temple very closely. And then they added these pillars later. But if you look back and Google like construction of Salt Lake Temple, um, it, you'll see this building and it looks so much like Solomon's temple. And then when I show you this next picture, it's so interesting because this is an old book that's no longer like printed or anything that I found. I Ooh, was like, that's a great. Treasure. Yes. Yeah. I the same thing. Like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> So the book is called Masons and Mormons, and I about died when I found it. I was, I think the publishing time wow. frame is in the 40s. Where did you um, find it? And so, 
at a really old bookstore. I go through the bookstores all the time because people keep their their Mormon books like like you know they're your family heirloom. But then when the the parents die, the kids are like, don't need this anymore. I've got yeah, the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Heidi is like, yes. I remember one time I spent like three hundred dollars. My husband almost killed me. He was like, wow, yes, uh, <laughs> worth it. Oh. People are really cashing in on old books now. I've noticed since I sort of started yeah. looking. I've been watching the. Uh, the price is going up and up and up. It's yes. so, and, oh, one, and if they're one, controversial, for sure. Yes. One quick question before we get into this. Do you think that they are remodeling because people are really starting to become aware of the uh -huh. Yeah, they're losing members. Great mm -hmm. question. I would they're love losing. to know why they're remodeling. Yep. They're losing members. The, their lie is, is that we're on a fault line and they have to always make sure. Oh, uh, the Tartaria part. Okay. It goes four stories beneath where... It actually is there. Um, so what's his name? John, John Lee, John hmm, Levi, John Levi. He does a big thing. Oh, on yes. John Levi, I know who you mean. Yeah, he's yes. great. And, awesome and he did one on the Salt Lake City Temple the last time they did this crap and said that they had to remodel. And he asked the construction people and it's on camera, like how many more levels is there underground underneath the dirt like not just a basement like he's like this yeah. thing has a minimum four more that we know of and there's tons of tunnels that go into this mm -hmm. and there's a full wow. tunnel system throughout the whole city and so oh, yeah. as there's per tunnels usual. under every city isn't there i mean this is another <laughs> yep. thing that i love yep. that's that's very uh, very aligned with what you talk about the whole underground thing i think there's way more underground than there is above ground personally. oh uh, um, i agree back centuries 100. maybe you know millenniums what have you yes yeah i think, that's I think where and, basically the springs are being they, pulled from as well yeah they use them all the time they say oh well we use them because the prophet is like a superstar here you know like i mean he really is and so it's for his safety or if um so actual superstars come mm -hmm. here like Post Malone lives here. He can use them. Um, different people yeah. like that can use them, but yeah, not. It's always uh, for health and safety, isn't it? <laughs> for sure. And to keep them dry. And so they look white and delight some, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Heidi, just quickly while we're on this, um, because you're talking about the temple and, you know, what's underground. Um, I don't know if you've looked into ley lines very much. Yes, you know this one them? is on a ley line. I ah, can't remember. Okay. Um, somebody told me recently, because, because as you know, most of it. the churches are built on top of old temples, like ancient temple sites. Um, you must mm -hmm. know that and they generally line up along ley lines. So yeah. Let really me tell you, I remember you can... it's actually important. Um, I need to do more research into this because we looked it up and it, it was right on. It was like, wow. oh, wow. It was, let me see if it, but. Of course, it's hard to find. Um, it's really hard to get maps of ley lines because they vary so much. I, I can't say I've you know spent a whole heap of time looking into it, but when I have delved in, um, it's it's hard to find any that sort of line up with each other. So it's like, well, which ones? Which one is it? Right. Right. Yep. And we we look. Why? Let's see. Oh, I wished I could remember because it's an important one. I'm going to keep trying to look because. Yeah. Yeah. This is it, really. It was like a vortex. Looking. It was like a vortex thing. Like we were freaking out when we looked it up, and wow. the guy was. Oh, it was on um the cult of conspiracy. They were the ones that looked it up, and they were like, oh, and I can't remember what it was. I'm going to try and find it. Um, but it was on an important ley line. I remember that. 
that much. And so I was like, that's weird. And then on top of it, where you can't find any of the construction photographs where it's like down, down, down to the bottom, like it's already pretty much built, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's very odd. And so um, I'm just trying to find that because, okay, so it says ley lines, uh, the tunnels in Salt Lake City beneath the grid of snakes. <laughs> like they literally, wow. yeah, they have so many. Uh, it's, it's actually really weird. Um, yeah, I'm and, just trying to remember the name. I heard you mention, I don't know whether it's relevant to what you're talking about. I don't want to derail where you No, you're going. good. Uh, what was that? God... Where did I write it? And and an the one that oh um, Arakstar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is that we're gonna? Anything that's like where yes, we're gonna go back here. Okay. Right. So at the beginning, when I show the occult, so this was an accident, and I do not hear very many people speak about this. I I was searching into yeah. what in the Sam hell I had done <sighs> in that temple. That was what happened. I mm -hmm. just wanted to know what I needed to renounce to get the weird crap in my life off of me. Mm -hmm. I had had so, so much weird stuff happen, right? Mm -hmm. And so, oh. okay, I, Heidi. Yeah. So I absolutely want to hear this, but I I was curious about the timeline, right? Because you're really young when you mm -hmm. went through the temple. So right. when, what stage of this, what for you, whenever you started to think like, what is going on here? I'm a moron and my husband is smarter than me. Okay. So <laughs> I wasn't smart and I probably would have gone back to the church to be honest. It was all I knew. And I felt like I was doing a bad thing by not being in. And that was when my husband said, he wasn't my husband then. He was like, hey, girlfriend, if you want to go back to the church, that's fine. You can do that. But I'm out. I'll never go. I never went to the temple. I'll never go to the temple. It's creepy and weird. You should watch this movie. And I was, I had been like uh, in my 30s, I think 34. Okay, <clears> and then I finally, mm -hmm. but I wasn't going like for the last, for the probably five years before that, I wasn't what you would call active. When you're not, when you're not going to church a lot, they say you're inactive. And so um, I was inactive and I just thought, oh, well, I need to get this right in my life and get myself together. And then that was when my husband was like, mm, I don't know if you want to do that because, mm. you know, it's pretty creepy. And so he showed me the whole thing about, um, the Mason temple ceremony. And then after mm -hmm. that, um, my mom had been already out for a long time and she's like, he's completely right. Like you need to look into this. And then I was like, okay. And my grandma and me were close, but she didn't have that hard hold on me anymore. Right. Cause I'm like a grown up. I mean, she still mm -hmm. did, but it wasn't as bad. And so I, yeah. I felt like I had the ability to be my own person at that point. So I started researching and Sean McCraney used to be a Mormon and he was a Mormon bishop and he was like top, top. And he speaks out about this on YouTube and has a wonderful channel. It's old now, but I started just watching everything. Well, 
that leads into a really crazy story, but we'll leave it right there for a minute. But um, I started just watching everything and realizing this is not good. Um, and so I wanted to find out for myself what, well, I became a Christian, born again, Christian, non-denominational after that. I really wasn't, you have to understand about Mormons, even though they're so devoted they're only devoted to looking good. I'm sorry, but that's like not every Mormon, but I mean, like they're not, when you say somebody's like a devoted Catholic, they're usually doing a lot of things that to develop or whatever, or Christians will, or reading the Bible or whatever. But with Mormons, it's more like, what can I do on the outside to make this look really good? Like how many callings can I do? How much, you know, and, and it's kind of the Stepford wives of religion to be quite frank. Mm, okay. So wow. it's sort of like they're yeah. keeping up appearances, which is basically mm -hmm. uh, driven, driven yes. by fear, isn't it? And, and you want to be better than your neighbor, better. Your, your hair's always done. Your makeup's always done. Your house is always mm -hmm. clean. You, you've got yeah. 20 kids, but it's still right. great. And you know, even if it's not great, you don't want anybody else to know it. Right. Not you great. still want to have yeah. that presentation. And, yes. um, and I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt your story. There's just no. so, it's just such a fascinating, I know story. it's like a really I weird, <laughs> yeah, your personal, I, a million things. I know. So your personal journey paired with all of your research, that's, that's what makes it even more fascinating. But, um, what I was curious about is you had started to say that you wanted to check into, uh, the temple. What I did. Yes. And do you feel like you were carrying, um, like I was absolutely getting ceremony. Okay. For okay. sure. Okay. I, I, I'm not saying demons were popping around the corners of my house, but, um, every bad thing that you can think of, like, right, especially when I was really out and trying to heal my life, I was getting attacked. Like I got cancer before I was 37. Like that doesn't happen to normal people like mm. thyroid cancer, not breast cancer. Like all these things kept happening. Like my hands were bad. My feet were bad. Everything was going bad. And all these people kept dying. Like one year we had like seven deaths in our family and it was just, wow. and then my daughter estranged. And then my grandma went crazy after I went out and she tried oh, to take wow. my kids and called CPS and like it was, it, this was not an easy thing to choose. Like she literally, when she couldn't take my kids away, she sued me for money. Wow. And wow. she just made my life a living hell until the day she died. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> wow. Because she was so mad that I would dare leave because I was the only one of her kids. She counted me as her kid because I grew ah, up with her. Yes. There it is. That there made it. It made her look yeah. bad, didn't it? Yes, it did. And so I went the whole way. See, the others never did. They didn't go the whole way. So they weren't mm -hmm. held to that standard. Right. Just like my husband's parents, they're fine with him not being a member because he never went further than 16 years old. But I did. And when he told them, and I could kill him for this, not really, honey, I love you. He listened to all my shows. Metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he's like, oh, well, Heidi went to the temple before and that was it. Like they never liked me ever again in my life. Like it, it's wow. just, oops. yeah, it's you're going to hell and that's what they know. And you're unsavable and unsalvageable. And it's just like mm. this whole thing. And so it's it's really bad. And mm. so I just suffered so much. It would have been so much easier for me to just go back. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. It, it, I can understand it the would, temptation too. It because would. It's, 
all mm-hmm. the, everything familiar that you grew up with was suddenly wrenched out of your life. And I can understand, even though everything made sense to leave, but there would always be that niggly thing of, did I? Oh, I it was like I mean, such a, sticks, yeah, it? such a huge cost to me because huge. I mean, even yeah. though my daughter was 17, when that happened with the CPS thing with my grandma, since that happened, they were like, well, she's almost 18. Why don't you just let her go? And that is my daughter. That's estranged from me. And I think during that time, something broke because we were so close. We were like best friends. And then I think that disrupted something literally within her that was never repaired ever yeah, to this yeah. day. Yeah. Something's broken. It's even, too, yeah, yeah. It can never be. The even same. though we made up, we made up, we, we, we did get back together back then. This is when she was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. um, 17. And we, by the time she graduated at 18, we were back to quote unquote normal, but it never felt the same again because she lived with my grandma and I truly believe that the people at the higher level of this they get indoctrinated with something that is not just one thing like many things and you know how we speak about like diamond ions and if you listen to Derek Prince who's like one of my favorite people to listen to because he speaks a lot about deliverance and I'm not saying like demons were popping out of my closet like this is not Mm. what it is but they're they can bother you you know these things can do that I mean they couldn't live in me you know but but at the very least the influence of the adversary right I mean it is it is something that you can have an awareness of like you said like you weren't possessed but that doesn't mean that 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 energy cannot be disruptive and devastating to your life. Well, and they don't call them the torturers for nothing. Let's be realistic. Right. Um, and and people that don't believe in deliverance stuff, I'm like, did you read the Bible at all? Because like more than two thirds of it is about deliverance. I don't know what you're doing, you know. Um, Jesus delivering atheist, people himself. So. Yeah. Yeah. So where does yeah. the breakfast dude fit in? Because he's a really scary looking so, character here. He's he got definitely a roostery, is. Roostery head, is it? The chicken roostery snake head. god. Yes. Okay. Chicken snake god. He is. So I found this excerpt when I was going through old Mormon things, trying to figure out, like I said, what, what on earth I had done. I found two things that led me to Abraxas, which is really weird. And one of them is this. This is in Joseph Smith's mother's own hand. This is her handwriting. This is an excerpt from it. This was a letter she wrote, and it says, Let not my reader suppose that because I shall pursue another topic for a season, that we stopped our labor and went about trying to win the faculty of a brack, drawing magic circles or soothsaying to the neglect of all kinds of business. We never during our lives suffered one important interest to swallow up every other obligation. So she's basically saying, like, we're not lazy. We were still worshiping and drawing circles. What are you talking about? Wow. To our friend. So here's a little um, diagram of exactly something that was reported. And this was a real thing. So the funny thing about the Smiths is, is Joseph Smith was a treasure digger and he sucked so bad at it that basically (laughs) back then, like everyone did it. It was like jaywalking, but like you would never really prosecute a jaywalker, but they were like, we're going to actually prosecute you because you suck and you're taking everyone's money and you're taking advantage of people and you're a bad person. So they took him to court. And the great thing about court is affidavits. So 
This affidavit comes from his neighbor that was named Willard Chase. And he gave quite the story. Now, when we get the whole um, story of Mormonism and that he got the plates and God and the father and the son come down and he is overtaken by the spirit. By the way, that used to happen to Muhammad. Um, <clears throat> anyway, he fell down in darkness. <laughs> and he was overtaken and it was this wonderful thing and the lights came and blah, like it was this heavenly thing. No, that is not what Willard Chase says. He says, on the fall equinox in the middle of the night, this isn't perfect. I'm just summarizing. In the middle of the night, um, he had to borrow a black horse and go and dress all in black. And he had to go get the plates on a hill at like three o'clock in the morning and take you know, his new wife with him and, and borrow a black horse, all this stuff. And he's like, this is a spooky story. This doesn't sound at all like what I was told as a kid. Okay. This is not, not one is not the same as the other. Yeah. And all of a, a sudden, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, now we're in a scary story. Okay, perfect. And he's <laughs> got, yeah, he's got this stuff and now he has to translate it with a seer stone. Okay, this is why I got led to John D. These these actual relics are somebody else's. This is the best part of the story. This makes me giggle so much. This is owned by a separate person that will not sell them to the church. And it's hilarious to me because they have proof not now the seer stone and the hat. They they readily admit now cuz there's like nothing they can do about it. But this treasure bag was full of these parchments, and I have verified not only with the 32nd degree Mason, but with an OTO member, ex-OTO member, that these are sigils, magic sigils. And this is a close-up of it kind of so you can see better because it's really a dilapidated picture. This is what we're looking at on symbology wow. here. Wow. Yeah. This is the just one of three. Oh. My apologies, Heidi. When you were showing the picture of um, like what the neighbor said that he saw, yes, I think Stella said this already, but it looked like witchcraft. Uh -huh. like yep. Straight up. There's even a uh -huh. show called Yellow Jackets. And oh, I like that show. Yeah, I know what you're okay. talking about. Okay. And so you know that the symbols look so similar to that, right? It's mm -hmm. yep. The show is horrifying, yep. but that's right. what it reminded me of. It's like, and the same on this image that you're showing now, these, um, uh, okay, you can't see my, <laughs> nobody can see Sorry, my Sorry, I know. But uh, the circle that has these lines and shapes, uh, kind of like a clock or a compass or something like that, mm -hmm. but that's mm -hmm. exactly what that looks like, like this pagan witchcraft. Very pagan. Scary. Mm -hmm. Yep. It and it's scary. called the holiness. Holiness to the Lord parchment and guess what's on the temple? Holiness to the Lord. So this stuff mm. is kind of a little diagram. Oh. And so mm -hmm. you can see what it means. Oh, good. Yes. That's an excellent diagram. Yeah. And so this actually was what led me to not only John D, but the Magus, Francis Barrett Magus. They say, oh, no, no. Joseph was a dumb farm boy. He he couldn't have possibly read them out. He couldn't know any of this stuff. Let me tell you, Joseph Smith's mom was a first-generation Scottish woman. Her dad was from Scotland. Um, also, his brother went to Dartmouth 
I mean, let's get real. Wow. And his name is Hiram, like Hiram Abiff. <laughs> let's get real. Like, I mean, they want to lie about all this stuff, and it's just hysterical to me. They do play, paint him off like he couldn't even read, you know? Wow. And, and then he, uh, yeah, something he else that's standing out, the symbol for Jupiter is on uh, I was just, yep. Oh, Jupiter's integral in this whole talk. We're going to yeah, get to Jupiter. We'd love to whoa, talk about it. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've uh, just so, been sort of talking a little bit about the whole Jupiter thing because everyone sort of is very focused on the Saturn um, thing, mm-hmm, but uh, Jupiter mm-hmm. seems to be coming into play um, from the sidelines there. So there'll be yeah, great well, that and bit. it's all about what you're trying to invoke. You know, then we get into other things like the, you can go clear back to Pericles when they're talking about trapping things into things. I mean. You know, this is not new. Nothing's new under the sun. And so no. these are <laughs> these are not as well. This one was a different sigil. This is the one that got me to John D. This one's called the Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah parchment. And this little guy in the corner, bottom corner, not the star, but across from it is a call out to a specific angel. And that okay. angel is only one other place in all of the internet. And it took me straight to John D's Enoki and stuff. So I had no idea what that even was. And I didn't even know who the heck John D was. Like, I didn't know anything. I was just the normalest mom ever, like trying to figure out this stuff. And so nobody talks about this. Like nobody, like ex-Mormons can talk about how they felt in the Mormon rituals and that they were weird, but nobody talks about this. And I'm like, this is way bigger. This is like... Mm-hmm. way more. Um, we should definitely be speaking about like what's going on here. So the 32nd degree Mason that I had on my show said, this is um, a sigil for protection and it's calling down to certain specific angels. And so also this one, and it says right here, all of the parchments likely belong to Joseph Smith senior and junior, but were inherited by Hiram's family after the death in 1844. Cause they both died together. This parchment is the property of a private collector that's why they can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And these are the only photographs available. So this one straight up looks like Baphomet. If that's you... exactly what I was thinking. I was yep. like, that and looks like bull, a bull. With yep. And it's, they're all, okay. So you have to remember that the brother was like a school guy and he wasn't into treasure digging. So why the heck would he have a treasure bag? He wouldn't. They were definitely Joseph's. And so the dad and him were the ones and he was prosecuted for being a crappy treasure digger on top of it. So it's like all documented that he was definitely the treasure guy. Like, Mm -hmm. why would the Mm -hmm. brother that's just going to school learning about stuff have it like that? They just took it because, you know, they I guess they wanted it after they died. Um, So Joseph Smith had a Jupiter talisman and he was known to always have it on his person. Always. Um, and so, so Heidi, can, can I tell mm-hmm. you something really interesting that Stella and I learned recently? So one of our friends who is, um, he is a Buddhist and he very much studies that, that field, but he also studies a lot of the occult, a lot of symbology, colors, all that kind of stuff. Well, he recently told mm-hmm. us his theory that because you know how we will talk about like the predator class that they are they worship Saturn, right? So right, his, right. his proposal is that they do not actually worship Saturn, that it's actually Jupiter. And then like what Stella was talking about, we, we did an episode where we kind of talked about 
that topic a little bit and like the upcoming Olympics, whatever. But I just think that this is super fascinating because I have not really seen in other places, aside from that, the connection to Jupiter. Mm-mm. Yeah, because I don't, I'm not nope. sure if you're have come across this um, yet, Heidi. But the Olympics, the 33rd Olympics this year, um, they've they've got those symbol of Jupiter involved as well. Um, it's sort of meant oh, to look wow. like 24 because you know how if you look at the symbol, it kind of looks like a two and a four together. But the okay. way it's been done, it looks just like the Jupiter symbol. So yes, um, oh, it was, wow. wasn't, wasn't the actual logo of the Olympics. It was the what were they called? Ashley, do you remember those villages the, where they the athlete village? Uh, but that's not the exact term that they use for it. Uh, some other term, hmm. I can't quite remember what it was now. But yeah, it was an interesting wow logo. Yeah, that's like actually <laughs> super strange that it would be coming into play. Like I think there's a lot of hidden things, and I think there's way more than just one or two. I think that there's just like it speaks about gods in the Bible, little G, there, there is legions of these things. Like if you get a hold of the keys of Solomon and people don't want to study this stuff and I get it, it's like crappy and dark, but like the only time I ever got my answers is when I went into the occult. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I prayed a lot before I did that because that was a big decision. I mean, that wasn't taken lightly. And the only time I got the answers that I'm searching for it's about Mormons specifically mm. is in the occult, which is terrifying because well, yeah. that's what I did, you know, for so many it, years. It's and kept secret. I mean, occult means secret and it's kept secret yes. for a reason. It's because yeah. they don't want absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's this the only was way you're going to get your well, and and what do you do when you're led like like I said, I put that si- this little symbol in, and it and I just did a reverse lookup, and then it took me to John D. I'm like, well, who's this old guy? Like yeah. 1500s. Yeah, you know why would I know? Because I'm yeah. not familiar with this guy, John D. So let I'll get to John. Let's do this Jupiter thing really quick because oh, yeah. it plays okay. such an intricate role into it. So the Jupiter talisman is like um, a metal-like coin with engravings of sayings on it. It's named after Jupiter because the symbols on it relate to the Roman god Jupiter. This particular type of Jupiter talisman that Joseph possibly owned, which by the way was verified by his wife that it was his because she wanted it back after he died, because she said he always wore it and she wanted it, Um, was originated from an 1801 book about occult philosophy, magic, and Christianity. The one Charles Bitterman said belonged to Joseph Smith was probably a silver metal disc with a Hebrew number table on the other side. This is going to be huge. Remember this part, the Hebrew number side, okay, and the table. So, okay, when you start to research about John D., um, and we'll just leave it on Jupiter for a minute because I don't want to get into Mars yet. Um, when you start researching into John D, he was the original 007. No, Crowley is not the father of the occult. John D is. John D is such an integral part of the occult that, and he didn't mean to be. So he was around the 1500s, like I believe 1567. I can look it up really quick, but um, he was the queen's counselor. Now he wasn't actually a member of the court, but his dad was, and he was like the fabric picker, not like a tailor, but just like the fabric chooser, He whatever kind of fabrics they liked. And he held that position at court, therefore providing a very good 
um, upbringing for his son. He was a scholar and a philosopher, and he was actually from 1527 to 1609, that's when he was alive, he was the first person to coin one world order. Like a Whoa. one. Yes. This gets so deep. Like your brain, my brain almost exploded when I, when I like tied it all together and people just think you're crazy, but it's too much to like, look away. It's kind of like, well, why would it all fall together like that then? But anyway, so he was very devoted to God, um, but he was also extremely and when I say extremely smart, like he only slept four hours a day because he would get up and study so much. He was completely Just like addicted to learning. Yes, he was like wild. And so he couldn't do, he was really good at math. He was um, also like really integral in like photography lenses. Like he created a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I mean, wow. literally we wouldn't have a whole bunch of the things like maps and cartography. Like he was huge. And so yeah. And he didn't get hardly any recognition when he was alive either. It's kind of yeah. like they, they thought he was a little cuckoo because he gets really into the occult to figure this out. Because at some point he's like, okay, I, I can't be any smarter like this. I, I just know everything now. He had the biggest library in England. He also was the first person to think about having a public library and put that out there for the queen. Um, like he had all these really interesting ideas, but people would like poo poo him and be like, you're kind of crazy. Nobody knows how to read. Like, why do we care about this? And, you know, he, he just, wanted to help in a way, but also he was so smart. He couldn't let his guard down to channel anything. And he was trying. So he had this black obsidian mirror and, um, ask about this. He would, yes, he would try to, um, channel with it, but he couldn't. So he finally got this guy that could Edward Kelly, and he was actually in trouble with the law. So he kind of had Edward Kelly at his, at his, and call because he didn't want to go back to jail. He had already had his ear cut off, like the tip of his ear for like um, forging documents and all this stuff. So he could never let go enough to like channel anything because he was too smart. So right. instead he had that guy do it. Well, th there's no way that he made this whole system up, but he is the creator of the Enochian alphabet. Well, he's not. He's the receiver we'll say that right um okay. of the enochian alphabet and mm -hmm. the enochian workings which there was very specific things to invoke these spirits and, and they still are to this day there's a book um that i read a lot of this about john d and the empire of angels um enochian magic and the occult roots of the modern world by jason louvre and that's a really well done book and also jason has multiple podcasts on this so it's really he does i mean he's an occultist just putting that out there Right. Um, so is that what you, you call know, a grimoire? Uh, they they didn't have a grimoire, but they actually channeled and got all these symbols of the Enochian alphabet to the angels told them if they gave it to them normally that they, it would like explode the world. So they had to give them this new alphabet. It's like backwards and weird. And I have a, I, I'll show you guys a little clip of it here in a minute. But um, anyways, they channel this, they have like a big sigil table and, and all of that Jupiter, like how it had those um, 
symbols and grids on it. Th this mm -hmm. looks very similar to the John D. Enochian table for workings. And there's like a wax cylinder yeah, each okay. table leg. And they channeled like upwards of 30 um, spirits and entities. They thought that they were angels at first. Okay. Mm. Um, <laughs> at Oops. some point, at some point, this goes very wrong because then the, they, the angels were mean in general. They were like, you guys stink. Every time we come here, we hate the smell of humans. You guys are so disgusting. <laughs> like they would make them do certain baths and prayers and weird stuff. And then one time they came and said to Edward Kelly, like, you need to go get a wife. And he's like, I don't ever want to get married. And they were like, well, you better or we're going to kill you. And so he started getting like stabbed from a book, like this book, oh. like a sword came out and started stabbing him and he couldn't get away from it. He really didn't want to be there. He, everybody says he's a fraud, but he tried to leave three times. He was pretty sick of this whole situation and was like pretty much being held hostage at this point. Wow. Um, and so he couldn't get away because these things would torture him. And so he would always come back. Well, eventually this stuff gets really weird. And then they leave and go to Prague because the angels told them to. And then they were like, by the way, also swap wives. Oh. <laughs> and nice. yeah, so John D definitely knew by this point, like, Nah, this doesn't sound like God anymore, you know, mm -hmm. but you have to remember they were doing this every day for eight years. Yeah. Okay. So, so every day for eight years. Way of life. Well, it's and like, are you really going to give up everything? Yeah. Like right. eight years, you know? So they were just basically like, yeah, whatever. And they did it. And actually John D had to ra raise Edward Kelly's baby for the rest of his life. His wife was quite young. Um, like he was like in his seventies and then his wife was like 40 or 30, something like that. And Edward Kelly was young and John D couldn't complete the task on his end. Cause he was kind of old. Mm -hmm. And, um, so long story short, yeah, he raised his kid. Um, John D was basically tortured and never got any kind of recognition. Mm -hmm. Um, actually his works were not found until way later by, uh, Cotton is the last name, and he found a trunk that the maid was burning the papers for oh, fire kindling, probably using it for toilet paper. Who even knows? And then he was like, Stop! and he saved some of them, but um, not many because a lot of this stuff had to go into hiding once King James took over because that wasn't going to work. He wasn't all about that um, occult stuff, he's burning people, <laughs> burning mm -hmm. witches and stuff. So um, he, he never got any of the recognition for any of the workings. And to this day, the Enochian, if it wasn't real, like the Enochian alphabet, it wouldn't work. And it still works to this day, like yeah, as far okay. as you can translate. So and, it's very interesting. And that's what I was going to ask. So did you say that there is similarities or an overlap between yes. the Enochian and the Hebrew um, okay. This Enochian, so the Enochian and what this is on the top, the Enochian alphabet. And on the bottom, so at some point with Joseph Smith, the guy that was funding him, Martin Harris, took his workings and they called it Reformed Egyptian and wanted it verified and authenticated. So they take it to this guy to have it authenticated. And at first he did. And then later when he found out it, how they obtained it, they were like, he was like, get my name off of that. But he never gave the sample back. So the sample is here. And I'm going to zoom in. 
and just take a look at that. Wow. Is it's this so the same different. private collector or someone completely un? No, that one's a completely different one. Um, okay. but it's extremely like, I mean, it's so interesting. Like, if you it look is. at all it's of them, it's extremely interesting. And um, oh yes, look, this is the Amiga, which is a P. Hmm. Um, and so this is the symbols that Joseph Smith would call out of his hat. And he gave this um, to the scribe and said, okay, I'll tell you like whatever this is in, in their, you know, language. Uh, he called it Egyptian. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, I'll tell you this and you just write it down and then I'll, tr I'll translate it later. And, and you know so what that's what they were doing. That reminds me of, so this one on the bottom, it reminds me of a Ouija board. And so doesn't mm -hmm. pulling random letters out of a hat. Like it's just, uh huh. it's mm -hmm. very weird. <laughs> so an arm of necromancy, isn't it? I mean, it's, this is mm. supposedly supernaturally. So much necromancy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, that, so when... that, is that X symbol there on the bottom right, number 15, is that pi or pal? That I can see there. Let's see, number fifteen. Uh, sorry, on the black and white version, bottom. Oh, bottom on the right. Oh, X. Oh, I think it's PAL or PAI. Uh oh, I think it is PAL. PAL. Okay. I think from what I can see, mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, I think it is. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so PAL. these these are very similar in nature and. I mean, it's, it's just, you can't, you can't miss it, you know? Mm. And then on top of it, um, with all the symbolism and Mormonism, and then all the symbolism from Joseph Smith and his youth, these are his seer stones. The church owns this one <clears throat> and they display it and say, yeah, he used it and he put it in a hat. So did, I mean, Edward Kelly would put the mirror and scry, like stare into the mirror. And instead he would block out the light and stare into the stone. <clears throat> this is how they both got their letters. Uh, mm -hmm. Fun fact. Also, so did Muhammad. Um, he saw an angel and the angel told him to write stuff down mm -hmm. and he wrote a book and it became a religion and Crowley and he wrote a book and it became Thelema and John D wrote a book and it became many and I mean, that, that went clear down to everywhere from where he went. I mean, the Rosicrucians, they say he was a Rosicrucian. Right. So, um, and then it's like, it's like their version of, um, you know, the commandments being given to Moses too, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. And they just believe every single part of it. And, you know, what isn't filled in by the angels or whatever is filled in with uh, masonry. So this is also one of the things that was in that treasure bag. The Smith family had acquired instruments of ceremonial magic, including a dagger inscribed with occult and religious symbols. And it's, it's the Mars dagger. It's, it's a ceremonial that, dagger. Adonai, Scorpio, Mars. Uh, just, just as a little side note here, um, in Australia, you probably know that we've been reasonably well disarmed, <laughs> not entirely, yeah. but reasonably well. Um, in South Australia, for instance, and it's probably other states, just, just happens to be South Australia that I was looking at, um, the allowed weaponry, the, like the list of allowed weaponry on the police site. Um, and one of them is the Freemason daggers. So like you can't oh, have wow. a whole bunch of other things, but you're allowed to have the Freemason wow. dagger. You can have that. <laughs> wow. Well, that's not weird at all. About, no. There's something Do they give you a Australia. cup? <laughs> Do they give you a cup to go with it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my yeah. gosh. So, exactly. yeah. So, this, Heidi, th you must have been completely incredulous. Like, the more you researched, you must have just I been thinking, like, having your mind blown constantly. I just kept thinking it wasn't true. Mm -hmm. I kept looking to see, like, well, this can't be, this cannot be right. Like, this is wrong. No way. Like, this is my grandma. My nice, sweet little grandma is not doing this weird stuff. Like, and I don't believe that the Mormons, like I was, like normal people in the church, I don't believe they know. I believe For this sure. is an mm. upper level, upper yeah. echelon thing. Because yeah. honestly, I never saw anything weird, like other than the temple weird, which I mean, it was weird, but it wasn't that weird. It wasn't weird like this weird. This, right. this took a whole nother turn. So I was like, what is going on? Like I kept just researching. The reason why I kept researching is because I wanted to be wrong. <laughs> I yeah, wanted it yep. to be like, like this cannot be true. Like my mm -hmm. great grandma and all these people I love. I mean, uh, my DNA says Mormon settler. Like there's no getting away wow. from this as long wow. as I'm alive. Yeah. And so... I mean, it's not like you want to believe that every single person in your whole posterity did some really weird stuff. And it was right. weirder when you went back, you know, back in time. And right. like this, this dagger, even the same Willard Chase, he, the same neighbor that was talking about him dressing all in black also said that uh, sigil where they were outside in the circle, they were treasure digging and the dad drew a circle with his sword and then mm -hmm. they sacrificed his one of his fattest black sheep in the middle of the night to show where the treasure was and all this. So, um, yeah, they they were using this ceremonial ceremonially because then they don't have to pray over the kill because it's already the prayer is on the knife okay. to where it goes. Right. Mm -hmm. okay. So it, it's it's allegiance, you know. And then when you start allegiance. thinking back about that whole house of a brack business, a brack. House of Abrac is where Abracadabra comes from. It's Abraxas. Oh, yes, I didn't know who the heck Abraxas was. Wow. Like, I didn't know any of that. And then you mentioned, Stella, you hit the nail on the head with the necromancy. Because this goes into something else that happens in the temple. And necromancy, Abraxas is a known necromancer. And even Carl Jung and a bunch of other people talk about Abraxas being the god of all gods. So when you start yeah. studying this, this gets weird, you know, mm. and um, they, I truly believe. So what, what do you do necromancy for, for a God? Like, why, why would you do it? Like, just because just to make them happy? No, it gives them knowledge. It, it reveals things unto them. It gives them knowledge of the future. So what is our prophet called? Prophet, seer, and revelator. And so I believe that the sigil magic happening in the temple to the unbeknownst cattle, the goyim, if you will, mm -hmm. yes. uh, in, in the temple, you know, all of us that just didn't know are doing these things. And this sigil magic goes somewhere. This goes to yes. him. And there's wow. spires on the top of all the temples and always the Moroni and it's metal. And, and so I think it's gold. And they keep mm -hmm, getting hit mm -hmm. by conductor. lightning and everything. Conductor, mm -hmm. yes. So, so like I know this sounds insane. No, 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 no not, not to us. <laughs> so, so many, so many old, um, older buildings have these steeples with these lightning rods on top, etc. Um, it's well, they say it's all part of the uh, drawing right. in the free, the free energy. But you know, it, it's uh, more than that, I guess. Um, 
I mean, it's all well, energy, and drying it? in, drying energy. out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, where does it go? What are they harnessing? Where right. is it coming from and who does it go to? Right. Like they're harnessing from the people and they're offering it to the gods mm -hmm. and then they have an yes. actual way to do it. Um, but yep. it, it also reminds me of a lot of the, for example, it's very interesting because it's like they're doing that in the Mormon church in this specific way, but they also have ways to do it to the regular populace, right? Like we talk about all the time, um, you know, like Isaac Weishaupt, conspiracy theories and unpopular culture, whatever, talks about, for example, huge events like the Super Bowl, the Grammys, the VMAs. You have these people that are, if if you believe, and I do, that they are basically industry slaves that right. but they're doing these symbols all the time. And that's what mm. they're doing. The power the triangle power of manifestation that they are literally harnessing yes. energy from these people. So it's so fascinating to see it replicated in all these many ways that seem totally unrelated. Right. And yet they're not. Well, and then if you go Google a picture of Thomas S. Monson and the president at the time, he was uh, the president of the church. He's passed away now. There's a picture of him shaking hands and they are doing the Freemason signs. Why would they do that if they don't have anything to do with one another? Government doesn't have anything to do with the Mormons, you know, the Mormon mm. church. Right. So why is he shaking the president's hand and giving the sign of the lion's paw mm -hmm. or mm. the sure sign of the nail? Like, why are they doing yep. that? Well, that's what they do, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, that's what this you know have lots of babies mm -hmm. because we want people to be born into this because then it's all just stuff that's all they're ever going to know they're never going to ask questions they're never going to know the outside knowledge and in a way i mean they're just so indoctrinated without asking questions because none of us do if we don't know any better don't feel dumb mm -hmm. um yeah but it's yeah. like they're just getting the people to do the devil's work i mean that's it's as simple as that people are just not not questioning because it's not done thing and keeping up appearances yep. very busy at that um it's it's, it's really and, the and same it's sort of like they an, keep it's, you busy. It's like, yeah, it's like a small version of what's really going on in the world now, isn't it? It's like, you know, people are just, they haven't woken up or, you know, they hadn't woken up particularly before 2020. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a very similar systematic, the way it all works. Um, well, and, and on top of it, like, nobody's going to believe this, to be honest. Like, I mean, if yeah. you just told the normie person, like, they don't, they're not, they're going to be like, you're crazy, yeah, you know, exactly. like, yeah. uh, that's not, and then if you That's go one do. step further, re <laughs> remember with John D, what we talk about, and whenever people say to me, like, okay, well, I, I think magic is a thing or whatever, but I don't think it's like that. I'm like, okay, well, you use magic from John D every single day because what is an LCD screen? Liquid crystal display. What crystal mm -hmm. is it that we use? Why is it reflective? It's obsidian. Where did we get that idea from? That would be John D. So all of this goes back to our friend John D. And at every yeah. single one of these, like if it's Gabriel with Muhammad, if it's Joseph Smith with, you know, Nephi and all, he saw so many Moroni and tons of people. And, you know, all these religions that came out of it have a sexual cost because with Muhammad, it was polygamy. With Joseph Smith, it was polygamy. With Thelema, it's everything. I mean, yeah. any kind of thing was you can will. think of. Mm -hmm. Yep. Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard out, out doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Write a book. It becomes religion. Like all of it is the same. And it's knowledge right. for transfer of sexual something. So it's never free. God doesn't work that way, people. 
Right. He doesn't tell you to go do your friend's wife. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is is there a, Mm -hmm. is there a um, connection with John D and say Alice Bailey um, being out? Uh, I do believe she knew the teachings of, of him well. And same with, uh, what's the other lady? Mark Blavatsky, Marjorie Cameron and Blavatsky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. They both, uh, go right down the same thing. And then I just did a interview with Zachary King, who was an ex Satanist and like a, a high wizard. And he was talking about, you know, how different things with, with abortion and all this, like what, you know, that they have to get blood on their hands to like pull through that ceremony. I had to cut it. Mm. I mean, I left as much of it in as I could, but it was actually so graphic that I was wow. like, I can't put this out. Yeah. Um, Cause it went into cannibalism and weirdo stuff. Like, and I just was like, okay, well people do need to know this stuff. Cause this isn't for fanfare. This is to show you what it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you believe at your house. It matters what they believe they and believe. what they're right. Exactly. right. Yes. Yeah. And he even talked about Bill Gates and the whole, you know, thing that won't go away. Mm-hmm. And he heard about that run through in 2017. And he has mm-hmm. a friend that was like talking at a at a different talk about it with him. And he said, yeah, you guys might all know this now because we've all lived through 2020. But I heard about this three years before. Well, and so the, I'm like, the, what? Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the SPARS document? At all? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep, it's and that but a, that was only the year before. Yeah, that was like the year before oh, they ran that one. Seventeen, wasn't it? Was I it? Think? Oh, was it seventeen? Okay, I think it maybe so. Maybe same time. And uh, so two hundred one was like, the year before. Oh, two hundred one. That's what I'm yep. thinking of. Yep. And so <laughs> I'm like, this is so this is so strange that nobody can put it together. But if you say that, they'll just be like, "Well, you're crazy," you know. So yeah, all these I mean, there's so people much to explain know. too, isn't there? Like, you, where do you start? Where do you start <laughs> trying to explain things? I had that question just recently. Who are they? It's like, oh. No, I had that happen to us too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said the 13, <laughs> the 13 bloodline fla- families. And then my, my mother-in-law was kind of there. She was like a little bit listening. And then my husband's like, the Illuminati. I was like, well, now they're done. So <laughs> now they don't want to listen anymore. That's you shouldn't it. have said it like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's true. Like, how do you get to that? Point. And like, we've only scratched the surface. Like there's mm-hmm. so many other things like that go along with this, like in even just Mormonism, even just more stuff in their temple rituals, even, even more like, and, and you just keep going. And then people are still like, no, that that's yeah, not it's, a thing. And it's, it's so perpetual because all they're doing is they just keep rebranding, rebranding, rebranding. So it's the same stuff, you know, family planning was, uh, po- you know, population control, family planning, uh, eugenics. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's, what is it? <laughs> they call it something else. But, um, I don't even just know now. It's being rebranded. So nobody really recognizes it, does it? Do they? Because like every couple of generations, they realize they have to, I mean, new world order, you know. It right, to be new right. World order and, yeah. You know, it's like the. Is it the new yep. revolution or something? Fourth revolution. <laughs> well, and uh, it's all the same thing. Even when the players awesome. change, it's nothing ever changes. I exactly. mean, really, you know. It's been going on for centuries, so. hasn't it? And then people don't want to recognize it. And I get it. Like when you first learn about it, I mean, all of us probably have had our little meltdowns where we probably the same thing yeah. I did in Mormonism, we all did with regular stuff. Like, this can't be true. Like, no way. Mm-hmm. Like, what? 
no way this and you just search and search and search and sure enough you you know you can't research out of it because it it's there it's right there and even current the current president of the mormon church currently russell m nelson is uh alan key member and he's also a skull and bones member <clears throat> not of the Yale branch, but he's a doctor. Like, you know, and it's all it's all over. Like you can look it up online. Like, and yep. one friend that I did a Mormon podcast with, he's like, I wished I could say that wasn't true, but it's actually true because I thought she was full of it. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't say stuff that I can't prove. Like, I I mean, why? There's so much. It's a treasure trove on its own. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, it takes so long for people to sit down and verify anything that you're telling them. You know damn well they're not going to do it. So <laughs> it's not like well, a, definitely it's going to be a genuine interest on their behalf. And here's mm -hmm. the thing. If you look at my path or either of your paths, it wasn't necessarily from someone telling you something, right? Like No, mine was an accident. Yeah. Right. For sure. And so I feel like the journey has to be their journey. Because yeah, if exactly. not, the the brainwashing and the cultism is so strong with people that it, it is very personal to them, you know, and they're not in a mm -hmm. place to have yeah. a paradigm shift or a paradigm shatter or anything like that. And so um, when they do start hearing this and the, uh, you know, corporate press has done a masterful job of really training people to dismiss Things and they mm -hmm. associate things with easily dismissible characters. For example, child trafficking, Q, Trump, you're, you know, I can dismiss you. Any Anything that can be associated with MAGA, automatically, it is so easy for them to dismiss you because of this masterful art that has been done on people's minds and their associations. I mean, that in and of itself is magic. Well, and, and that's why, why Trump has been television programming. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's programming. And, um, we've done quite a lot of um, discussion in a couple of different forums about um, the patents for the frequencies um, that have been developed during the you know, military operations and Hendrickus mm -hmm. Luce, even though whether Hendrickus G. Luce, <laughs> some name that gets used uh, in the patents list, it's doubtful mm. whether he's an actual person or not. Um, right. But yes, there's, there's lots of technology regarding frequencies um, being used for mind control and um i think that's why they sort of there's quite a lot of talk about the mk ultra sort of the old mind control if you know what i mean it's almost archaic now because they're mm -hmm. using technology mm -hmm. yep. instead yeah. um that's something i wanted to ask you about actually um heidi what's your views on ai um the reason that i'm asking i'm a little little bit of a dilemma because i'm a you know i'm a creator and mm -hmm. ai has basically sort of done me out of quite a lot of work now oh no um, and i've been kind of I, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to go near it because I feel it's not a good thing. However, at the same time, I'm acknowledging that AI is pretty much tied up in a lot of things that we already use anyway. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also um, acknowledging the fact that that seems to be where it's kind of going at the moment. People aren't going to pay for me to take hours to do something when they can do it in mere seconds with AI for the right. cost of a sub subscription. You know what I mean? So, well, you, and I, they, I, they want it is, so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they want it so fast and so cheap. Um, mm -hmm. so my dilemma is, you know, should I steer clear of it? Should I harness it? You know, should I embrace it? Um, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a dilemma about that. So I'd love to know your views on AI. 
I do not use the chats. I do believe, and the Mormon church is actually really involved in technology and AI stuff, and they're really into um, ancestry and some weird stuff. And there's probably reasons behind that that I have some conjectures on. But I will say that overall, I feel like it's inevitable. I do feel like there's that old video where the guy was talking about the boxes that they keep the AI in and that it feels like they have a heartbeat and it's creepy. Um, do I want to ask it questions like how people will probe for weird answers and whatnot? I, I don't do that. I don't think I need to know that much. Um, if I need to know something that's not in a book and we just don't know, I don't want to start having to sleep with somebody's husband because of it. Like I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as far as a photo, I have used um, used them for photos, mm -hmm, for like a photo descript. But that's mm -hmm. as far as I've ever used it for. Just because, but believe me, I've thought about it for like I want to write a book, and I think I have a pretty good story for one. But then also, I'm like, <laughs> yes. I, I don't want to use that for it. So I'm like, but again, yeah. it goes back to that. Well, it would help me have it done so fast. And, you know, instead of write, yeah. writing yeah. and typing. That's the but... dilemma I'm in. Yeah. I mean, like going out and shooting a video, <laughs> trying to find someone that can work a camera, bringing it all together, editing, as opposed to sitting down saying, hey, can you just make me a video that does this, please? And uh, yeah. so, yeah, yep. I mean, it is very tempting. It's very tempting. I've been extremely tempted. I'm itching to use it, but I've been desisting because... I just don't feel, I'm not sure about it. I haven't made up my mind about it yet. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe I, I'm shooting I myself in the better. foot. I don't know. Well, and pray about it too, because I mean, you've oh, got to yeah, know, yeah, sure. yeah, where, where that stands, like how I, I kind of made a line for myself. Like I've never um, used it for knowledge base. Like, oh, you know, tell me the secrets of the Libra vacay because I can study that and it's weird enough. Like, I don't need to ask chat GPT about weirdo stuff like that. Yeah, you no, know, I, I wouldn't want to engage <laughs> in that side of it. No. Yeah, like I'm, I'm already weird enough. Like the fact <laughs> that I even know what that is, bad. But <laughs> sometimes you go down these little weird rabbit holes or we'll call it a cow cow one i don't know but um yeah i think that as long as you're not using it to get forbidden not like literally things you would not be able to know i mean i don't know with video i think mm. it's inevitable at some point you know so i guess i guess what you're saying is it kind of comes down to intention which is pretty much the same with yeah yep. really everything yep. <laughs> always yeah, okay. everything just intention I mean, that that's what any occultist will tell you. Like when I talk to people that have come out of the occult, um, they always talk about intention and they always yeah. talk about not worship of other gods. The one thing Zachary King said to me that really struck me, he said, oh, we don't care if you worship um, uh, our gods. We don't care about that. We just don't want you to worship yours. Yeah. If you're yeah. if you're an atheist, we're happy. Like you can yes. worship nothing. Right. You can believe right. nothing. And that's Anything good. but Jesus. Yeah, he said, Jesus. as long as you're not worshiping uh, God, i.e., Jesus Christ. Yep, he's like, then, then we're, you know, we're fine with it. And I, and mm -hmm. so he was telling me about the churches that back in the day that they would do sat satanic masses to pray against. And he said, you know, mostly it was the Catholics and the and the Baptists. And I said, hey, you ever have to worry about the Mormons? And he just started laughing. <laughs> He said, no, they don't need any help. <laughs> oh, wow. That one made me laugh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
So I was like, well, there you go, people. Like, and I don't mean to like black pill some people because I'm like, there are a lot of really good Mormon people. Like the Mormons, one thing they are is they're family oriented. They want like that whole, that's how they trick a lot of Latin people into it because they say like, look, you can be married forever. You can have your family forever. These kids are yours forever. None of that's biblical. None. Right. And so I'm yeah. like, no, it says there's no marriage in heaven. There's no male or female. Like none of this stuff is true, but yet, you know, you, you bring it up so you can get people that are family oriented to join your yeah. church. And that's just the truth. You know, everything's got a carrot. But that's it. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. That is for sure. And so, I mean, there's other things for sure that go into that, but uh, where do we go? <laughs> I wanted to tell you about Tanya Harris. Have you heard of Tanya Harris? She is uh, cymatics. So let's go to cymatics for a moment. Um, Tanya Harris is a lady that I discovered who goes around uh, recording buildings, basically <laughs> recording architecture. Oh. Um, okay. It's a really good saying here. I, I'm, I don't know if you can see the private chat there in StreamYard. If you go there, I've oh, left a, a link for you uh, to you can have a look at oh. that at some point. Okay, but yep, got yeah, it. one of these. Um, she she sits and she records cathedrals or you know big buildings, and she basically layers the sound and she finds the frequency of the sound of the building. It's just really fascinating. Um, huh. It's a nice saying here. It says the concept of architecture as frozen music and music as liquid architecture, first formulated by Gautier in 19th century, um, encapsulates the essence of this project. Uh, hang on. Wow. Sorry. Uh, describes how music and architecture employ the golden ratio, geometric blueprint evident throughout nature to express harmony. I just thought it was something that would really interest you um, because yeah, I find the whole, sure. you know, the whole architecture with the shapes of the windows and you know the lead light windows etc which mm -hmm. uh, could have been added later but that's that's fascinating isn't it that's that these things aren't possibly just for worship they're for some for healing oh for sure well and the bells like that they took all the bells down and the frequency healing like the the whole thing was was back in the day i think there were no pews there were no anything in churches it was you probably went in and laid down and and were healed quote unquote healed by these bells and frequencies and different things and you know everybody that that knows this stuff you can go back and research it they destroyed them all they took mm -hmm. it was like yes. an exodus of the bells and mm, why? They melted them all down didn't they yeah yeah and or they broke them there's pictures mm -hmm. of them busting them there's i mean and and it it's just mind-boggling like why would you what you're definitely up to something you know a lot of those uh, huge uh, pipes, uh, pipe organs. As well. <clears throat> oh, for sure. Yeah, the big mm. pipe organs. And I mean, there's all of that. And I definitely think frequency, sounds, waves, all that stuff, it, in shapes, any of it, this goes right back to John D and his mathematician stuff. Like if you look up, all he believed all of, all of it went back to math. He said math is the language of God. And so he was really into this, like he, in in his stuff. But it, it's yeah, I, I definitely. Okay, think I wanted to ask thing. you about this because um, 
the, the sound therapy thing is something that I've thought about um, doing as well. And I'm just thinking, where's the bit, um, you know, is this a natural thing? Is this, oh, like, basically, is this forbidden? <laughs> is it new right, age? Right. Is it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I wouldn't want to sort of get involved with it, but I, I just, right. it's, it's, it's nature. It's, I mean, God created nature. There's these patterns in nature. It is natural. The mathematics is natural. Um, mm-hmm. And the frequencies are natural. They're sounds, you know. I mean, how was the universe created with the word? Right, um, right. So it, I think it goes back to everything goes back to intention because mm-hmm. I think when you look at things like you could use, okay, uh, the pyramid type, you know, a triangle and and use it for good. You could use it for you know, figuring out a problem or you could use it for how to cut a pie perfectly even, uh, little dumb things, but you could also use it for a lot of nefarious stuff, um, Mm -hmm. which they've done with sigils and different, you know, whatnot. But also we have to look at like, what, where is our head? Where is our intention? Where, what came first, the chicken or the egg, the shape, or they figured it out because they watched nature because they saw the bees and the honeycombs and the, and then the Masons were like, Oh, look, I want to do that and copy that, you know, or was it vice versa? We, We won't ever know. So we have to make sure. I think the most important thing on a spiritual level, like for Christian walk is to make sure your head is where it should be. Keep, keep yourself in the word. I keep myself in the word. I try all the time. You don't have to read it. Like, I read this chapter yesterday. So today I have to read the next chapter. I just mm. open it, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. If you've read it before, yeah, just open yep. the book and figure it out because it may have a different message for you today. You know, mm-hmm. um, right. it's the living word. You, you might say, have read it. That's why they call it the living word. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so we got to keep ourselves saturated like they do with evil. Like, yes. like if we're going to, we got to be saturated with the good because otherwise, like, I mean, think of it this way. Like, are you going to give up your phone? Because that's forbidden knowledge. Or are you going to give mm-hmm. up makeup? Are you going to give it's up a black driving? Yeah, exactly. All of it. It's all, it, I mean, people want to tell me about makeup sometimes. And I just laugh. And I'm like, are you posting this from your phone? Because <laughs> uh, yes. don't worry about my eyeliner, you know. <laughs> but you, you got bigger problems. It's also nefarious to own anything. That was very pagan to own anything, to have something very, do you own your house? You know, I mean, all these things. And do you have a mortgage? Now you've borrowed. Like it's all, right. it's all the same dang trap. It's all what we do with it. We have to keep our head in the right space, especially right now, because right now mm. there is a war going on that very few people get. And it is happening. People keep saying it's coming. It's here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, this is what they do too, isn't it? I've, I've pointed this out a number mm-hmm. of times. That, you know, they, the they, um, they keep, t- you know, making us think, oh, this thing's just around the corner. Watch out. This this is coming, you know, live in fear. It's like, uh, actually, we're already in it. Mm-hmm. Just, Look over here. Just, Look know, over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just distract you while we just slip in this little bit, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree. It's it's a hundred percent, and it's in everything. Like so I struggled with that. I struggled hard with it when I found out. Like, oh, pharmacia, great. I'm a nurse. You know, like, yes. What do I do? Yes. My job? Like, don't help people? Like, no. But there's certain so things. 
Oh, for sure. And there's certain things I will not do. I won't give one of those shots. I'm not giving the the clot right. shot to anybody. Right. I'm not doing that. Um, I never gave one. I never got one. And I was like, you can fire me. I, it's completely against my convictions. So I, Are you still I'll do. Now? Yes. I work at yeah. the, <laughs> I work where I belong. I work once a week at the behavioral hospital. <laughs> okay. So the mental hospital. Yes. <laughs> and like uh, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think that I help people. Um, yeah. my brother passed away and he passed away from, so we have three floors, four floors, four floors of veterans and or active military or mm -hmm. three letter agency people, um, oh, that wow, have had okay. PTSD. Yeah. And then yeah. I also, they have, um, like rehab for like drug rehab and all that. And then they have like the inpatient inpatient, which I don't work with because of my back injury. So I try not to put myself like mm -hmm. where I'm going to end up at the hospital. Um, right. But I used to, and I'll tell you, I can see the difference. I mean, there are days where I'm like, yep, that person is possessed. Like there is yes, a difference. Right. Yeah. And sometimes you see them and you're like, nope, they just look like this runs in their family and they're happy, you know, whatever. This is different. But you can feel it when you're a Christian and they can feel it too. And they usually hate you. Like, oh. I mean, like, hate you. And do you, um, you, know, do you incorporate prayer openly much in your job no. or do you have to kind of do it quietly? You have to be on the DL. But if somebody, if somebody asks me, I will do it openly. If, if they ask me, I've had many patients ask me and we're not supposed to, and I still do. I don't care. Yeah. So if you. that's what I get fired for, like, I'm not doing it to them. They're asking us, you know? Yes. So yeah. And then if they ask us, yeah, they do. I mean, these people, so many people, so many kids, so many families, like so many, all of it, it you just watch this pain and suffering. And that's where I failed with my brother. I mean, people always say like, don't internalize it, but like, I should have made sure he got locked up. I really should have. I, I should have bit it off and just done it and have him hate me, whatever. He would have been alive. And he had an accidental drug overdose. And so now I take that. He died at 37. And I just take that and I use it to try and help other people. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. You so know. you can do. Yeah. 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 Everything's easy. Enough, I mean, so. I can't bring him back. Yeah. I can't, can't do that. So you got to move forward and do what you can, you know? Right. And that's the whole reason why I do this. Cause I know when I first got the prompting to do it, I thought it was the silliest thing. Cause I don't know anyone. I was like, nobody's going to listen to me. And everyone knows this stuff. And Josh Monday was like, nobody knows this stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no, he's like, yeah, no, maybe where you live, everybody knows this stuff. But mm -hmm. us normal people over here, we don't know this stuff. And so Definitely. Oh, no, it no. was, yeah, it was it's like eye opening for me. Very, very important yeah. thing that you're doing. So obviously you're, you're on the road that you're meant to be on. Yes, absolutely. It was a shock to me. Let me tell you, I was like, "What? <laughs> not what you, not what you foresaw in your life." No, no, never. <laughs> I'm chatty, but never did I think I would be on a camera four to six times a week for sure. My husband's always like, "When is this going to slow down?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's just however it is, you know." And the battle has yeah. won. <laughs> yeah, yep. He's like, "Whoa!" But I mean, we just didn't expect. Like, we thought it was this little once a week. Oh, it's just this once. And he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> 
this is uh, not once a week. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Like, yeah. as long as I'm still doing family. To do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I and well, that's what I feel like not enough people do. I mean, just um, as much as I could talk to you for another probably fortnight. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel that we probably should be uh, respectful of your time, and I sure. just want to ask you. Um, unless you want to keep going, I mean, I'm fine to keep going, but <laughs> I did want to ask you, um, what would you say to anyone who is, well, particularly in these times, starting to think about, about spirituality and, and, um, finding some hope because I've had a couple of people lately have come to me and said, you know, well, just sort of thinking about it, you know, and there's also people who are returning to faith. That's equally as important um, that may have, right. you know, sort of found it at one point and then turned away and come back as, as I did many times over the years. Um, yeah. What would you say to encourage these people at this point in the world? I, we all need some hopium, right? We need hopium, <laughs> not opium, right? We need, we need something to keep us going. And if we don't have that in our life, we're all going to get depressed. So the main thing that you have to do first is you're going to look at these problems. You're going to look at the world economic forum and all this weird stuff that's going on or this or that and the weather modification and you can't even buy groceries or like they're too expensive or they're tainted with chemicals or whatever. This is the most important thing you can do is remember that God tells us to pray over our food for a reason because he's got us like he's got that he knows that it could be poison he knows that you might be in harm's way get up every morning thank god for the day then turn around and say i want the full please put the full armor of god upon me and my family it doesn't have to be fancy do this because it will help you and then, you know, say, if I can help someone through their day, you know, go about, it can be a small prayer, but put the armor on every day. You're going to have to do that because if you choose to give your life to Christ right now, you will have challenges. If you've ever read Job, Job was a good example of exactly what happens when you try to devote your life to God. There will be pitfalls and stops along the way because we live in a fallen world. We are not in a saved space. We are only in a rented space right now. This is not our place. This is not our home. And you have to remember that. You have to put that in your head and say, okay, I'm going to protect myself just as you would when you would go as a tourist. You're not going to put your wallet in your back pocket if you're wise. So don't do that. You've got to arm yourself. The two things that I think can do that for you, for most people, is prayer. And it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be people think, when you hear prayer, people think, oh, I don't want to do this big, huge, long prayer. Let me tell you, I don't do that. I talk to God like I'm talking to you. Like, yep. hey, it's me again. I'm sure he's yep. super sick of it. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and if and the other thing to do is memorize the Lord's Prayer. Because in times mm. when you are really freaking out, like say it's snowing really bad and you don't have the mental capacity because you're scared and you're driving and you don't want to die and slip off the road. And you don't have that capacity to be like having a monologue inside your brain with you and, you know, God hopefully hearing you. Um, 
you need to just have something you can rattle off, which has always been the Lord's prayer for me, always. Mm -hmm. Because if you can rattle that off in the times when you can't think, it still works. And if you can't oh, yeah. do that, just Jesus Christ, please protect me. Amen. It doesn't yeah. have to be people. They make it hard because then you won't do it. Right. You know, you feel yeah. unworthy, then you don't want to do it because right. then you feel not worthy yeah. and you don't, it's all to keep you from like the blessings because we're required and uh, it's simple. And, and we all think to ourselves, oh, it can't be that easy. Certainly not. Mm. Like, yeah. Um, I think uh, a lot is. of that too is to do with the church attainment, you know, which that mm -hmm. sort of, people, mm -hmm. oh Lord, and, you know, that they yep. really yep. pay up the whole praying thing. And it's like, oh, I've got to, I've got to learn all these sort of lines, do I? And it's like, well, no, I've just got to have this hotline because I mean, that's, that was the best part of my life. Actually, I've got to say it was be, once I sort of found him organically before I started then going to church, that, that little bit in between, that was just, mm -hmm. that was heaven basically. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to deter people from going to church, but I just found that evolved. Well, different things. It depends. It depends on the person on because the <laughs> I don't. I don't go to church because no, I, I have not found a church that I feel like I should belong to. But two or more in His name is church, yeah, and people exactly. need to remember that. Like these institutions were created because they need money, and if your butt is in the seat, then you're there to pass the basket. And I'm not saying we shouldn't help people. Like that's not what I mean. I'm just saying when they organize it and make your salvation dependent upon whether or not you're going to put money in the basket. That's, uh, that's not okay. Then right. you should actually, Jesus says, and in the Bible, it says that if you can't give it freely and happily, don't give it at all. So like you're not yeah, even supposed to do Otherwise yeah. it doesn't have to be a fiscal sort of arrangement of helping. No, um, it's just a simple, maybe sometimes just giving a stranger a smile or something. We've yeah. Had that yeah. Or help them like, with their groceries or, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. in, in this day and age, a smile is rare because of the whole thing in 2020. Mm -hmm. After that, it changed the world and people stopped smiling. People yes. stopped greeting each other. People stopped saying hello in the supermarket. And mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of really lonely people in the world right now. And that Absolutely. is a shame. Yeah, it's a shame because we all have somebody right next door to us. Do we know how they are? Like, I'm not saying it has to be your neighbor because if that's uncomfortable, fine. Like, it could be anybody, you know. Yeah. It, if you're better with strangers, like, it could be any stranger. Just make sure you're safe. I mean, obviously. I, I think part <laughs> of it is just being a little less self-orientated, less self-centered, and actually being more aware of the surroundings because that's what blows my mind is – when I, um, you know, cruise into a shopping center or a supermarket or something, just how oblivious people are to mm -hmm. other people or their surroundings. It's just, they're just walking around their own little world. And it's like, I mean, I can't help. I, I see everything. I see every detail, Same. you know, yeah. um, everything stands out. I can almost feel how people are feeling. And it's, I mean, I'm always, you know, praying for somebody, walk past them, so, oh, they need a prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And that's so. my son is like, he told me a funny, wasn't funny. It was a story from last week. And I, 
I finally was like, okay, that's good. I, I did good because he came home and he said, we were out and it was cold and, and there was like homeless people and it was so cold. And this lady was wrapped in plastic wrap and it was so cold outside that that was all she had. And my son was like looking at this and upset about it and they were just walking by. And then the girl that he was with said, I'm so cold. And he looked at her and he goes, are you serious? <laughs> you can't say that right now. <laughs> and she goes, why? Like, she didn't know. She was like, what do you yeah. mean? Yeah. She didn't and he it. was like, what? He's like, there's a lady in plastic wrap right there. Like, what are you doing? Wait for a minute, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I, I did something right. So that's yeah. good. Cause that's, you know, pretty good. Nice little human being. Teach you there. Yeah. Teach them. Don't let them shut the door on old people. Like don't just say, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Put I that mean, down, and that's down. yeah, like so many of them are, like you said, like they don't even, they're in, and, and it's not like they're being mean. That girl no. wasn't being mean. She just didn't notice, you know, she just, it's just a way of it. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got to start caring a little more about each other. Like it's, it's blows my mind. Cause I'm like you, I'm always, well, usually I end up talking to people uh, and somebody will come up to me usually in the middle of shopping and tell me a whole bunch of things that are really weird. And then they're like, I've never told anybody that in my whole life. Oh my son, I'm sorry. My son's like, is that somebody from high school? I'm like, Oh no, I don't know them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My son's no, like, That's awkward. That's so awkward. Mom. I'm like, well, maybe they just knew I would listen, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's know just why. an energy, I guess. I mean, it really is. You can feel people's energy. It's as simple as that. You don't even have to be in the same room with them, really. It's yeah, it's a, a weird, yeah, weird thing. We all do put off our own little hum, you know. We do. Like we do. the and bells. Perfect, yeah, you know, we're all we're all hypocrites in one sense or another. And you know, if we were ever perfect, we wouldn't need God, would we? So well, we wouldn't. Yeah, we wouldn't be. And and uh, the other thing I do tell people is take care of yourself too. Like, don't don't give so much of yourself that you don't become um, a you. Because as a mom, I did that for a long time. And at the end of the day, I am a mom and I love being a mom, but also I am a person and I am important. And I go to the gym um, usually every day. Sometimes it's every other day. And it's our thing that we do. And it's like that little time for me is my time. That's my thing. It doesn't have to be the gym. It can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. But you need to make that time. And same thing for Bible study. Even if it's like people always say, oh, it's going to take so long. I'm talking like one verse. I mean, it takes like five yeah, minutes. Right. And just, um, just, just even just reading yeah. that one verse to be able to then reflect on for the rest of the day. Yes. Um, I journal. I journal meeting. too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. I'll put it down. And then so you can go back and I'll mm -hmm. put the verse there. So like later I'm like, oh, that's what that was. Oh, okay. You know, or whatever. But I'm sure whoever inherits all my dumb journals will be like burning them, like John D's. <laughs> gonna be, they'll be like, she was really nutty. Wow. <laughs> that could be the complete opposite. She was a leader. We should have listened. maybe. <laughs> Heidi, would and you then please half, tell us half are gone. <laughs> please tell us where people can find you. Um, I think we should let you go. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. People, uh, I'd come back anytime. Yeah, this was of, fun. Uh, of Heidi Love.
Yes, I am Heidi Love. I'm at the Unfiltered Rise. I'm anywhere podcasts are served. I do have a new series on my Patreon called Blood Atonement, and it's only going to be there, um, murders, mayhem, and Mormons. So that's going to be fun. So all Mormon murders or relatable to Mormon murders. So we are doing that as well. (laughs) <laughs> what a nice little niche there <laughs> yes little fun little fun i found another uh ex-mormon he's an atheist so it's kind of a fun dynamic oh. because i'm completely opposite but we're both really respectful so interesting dichotomy it, it, i, I yeah. don't have a problem with that i think it's a great thing i mean i interviewed um a fellow the other day who was a fourth degree mason and um i've known him for a little while and um yeah i you know i, I did pray about that and i thought yeah you know, it's it's free speech it's um co-respecting people you know it's free will that's his, what he's chosen what have you uh, i think you know without getting too deep into it people are where they're at at that time and they do what they do for their own reasons and um it's okay to respect that so there's no point in being closed off there's um well and who knows bridges, who you're gonna, <laughs> yeah who who you're gonna touch maybe his Freemason friends will listen to him and then they'll hear you. And then maybe later you'll be like my mom was with me with the little seeds she planted forever. And I never thought I would leave Mormonism, not ever. And so here I am, you know, and I'm completely different human being. I mean, like 110% not the same person anymore. So never, never say never, which is ironic because it has two nevers in it. But anyway, (laughs) Thanks you for. I've had a uh, lot of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks a lot, Heidi. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us here as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Heidi. I have absolutely yes, loved of course. hearing from you, which Stella said, awesome. you know, she knew that I would and she was right. So <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Of course. We can do it again sometime. It was fun. I would love We that. still got cabbage babies, it. you know. Yes. Oh, <laughs> man, so Diana <laughs> of Ephesus. Yes. <laughs> Music. Yep. Look, let's do this again for oh, sure. Yes. That'd be awesome. We got to do this. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. You just want to ha- hang around for just a couple of secs after I. Yep. Of uh, course. Record. All right. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks, uh-huh. everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.